guys. Welcome back to the Morning Brew Podcast, episode three. Um, thanks, thanks to all of you for listening to the first two episodes. Um, I, it seems to have worked perfectly for these episodes to land around a month apart. Um, first episode was in January, and then the uh, second episode was around a month apart. So looks like that'll be the layout that I'll have for these episodes. Just keeping keeping them that distance unless I have uh, more time to properly record some more episodes or if I can actually think of more things to talk about um, without running out of ideas too quickly. Speaking of ideas, this is an idea that I have had for a while since I probably since I actually started recording these podcasts was uh, to talk on the topic of relationships and what better person to have on this episode than the person other than Jesus um, that I have the most intimate relationship with. My wife, Briley. She is right here next to me. And uh, we're going to talk about relationships today. You want to say anything, babe? No. It kind of kind of took me a little bit to convince her to uh, be on this podcast. If you were one of the people that contributed on to one of the the polls on Instagram or on Facebook, thank you for uh, all voting yes on having her on the podcast. I'm coming for you. She's not. <laughs> she's not gonna let me live without. No, the reason why he, this whole thing. It's because he did not ask me before he asked everyone else. Relationship lesson number one. (laughs) (laughs) Ask for forgiveness. (laughs) Late. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Learn from my mistake. (laughs) But learn from my wife's love for me because uh, she loves me enough that she still does this regardless of how I did this. It's okay when I'm behind the mic you can't see me roll my eyes. <laughs> That's true. She's been rolling <laughs> she's been rolling her eyes this entire time. One of the, one of the things she said um on one of the earlier takes cuz this is our third take so hopefully this is the one that 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 you guys are listening to but um one of the earlier takes she said that I was going to regret <laughs> ever having her on the podcast. But no, I, I'm glad she's on the podcast. Um, we've been married for around a year and a half now, almost almost two years. Let's see, how many months? It's a little over a year and a half. A little right? over a year and a half. Because yeah, July will be July first will be two years. Jeez, time flies, huh? Two years? Can you believe that? Yep. Yeah, it's been a while. A minute. Yeah, our marriage has had a pretty crazy pretty crazy ride huh we moved considering the fact we moved to charlotte literally the day after we got married mm-hmm. do you enjoy that your wife does not like change so <laughs> i mean it was exciting but i don't like not knowing if something's for sure or not yeah well, just to give you guys a little bit of backstory, my wife and I met at a church in Tucson. I was on staff there, and she was part of the uh, intern program that they had at that specific church. And 
you know, interestingly enough for me, that was the first English speaking church that I had ever been a part of. So my complete exposure was only to Mexican ladies. So when I first arrived at that at that church, I didn't go with the expectation of ever trying to date a white girl. So my my wife can feel pretty pretty cocky at the fact that she convinced me to I um, did not convince you anything. Well, not not not, not convince me. The reality is if you looked at <laughs> little middle school Julio who had crushes on Zoe Deschanel you had it coming I guess so so yeah I never thought I would end up with a white girl considering the fact that it's it's just not what I grew up with so all the cultural differences was kind of a uh, uh, scary matter for me you know like icebreakers I guess so <laughs> <laughs> but you know um the more I was around her, the more I realized I did like her. Thought she was cute, um, and uh, I guess one day I just got the courage to go up to you and ask you on a date, but didn't go as I planned. You want to tell them the story <laughs> that happened there? <laughs> no, I just was so nervous, and I told you I was gonna check my schedule, and then I walked away. Yeah, I tell her all the time that a no <laughs> would have been a little bit easier to process. Okay, but I didn't say no, so that should have been easier. No, to that's process. true. Like, but it was oh, a... she's she's interested. She's checking her schedule. Yeah, it was a little bit more confusing. Like at least from my end, trying to figure out if she's like that was her nice way of saying no, or her true way of saying I'm not sure yet, or I don't know. It was an interesting period for me. I remember talking to one of my best friends, and he's like, he was like, dude, she's into you. Um, That's you, Ray. I don't even know if you... Well, I'll make you listen to this podcast, Ray. We'll tag you in it. Um, but yeah, um, I, but I think what made it easier for us is that like, we, had, we had already established a pretty good friendship pretty quickly, right? By that point. Yeah, I think I knew. I've, I've no, I have no. I mean, it wasn't like a long time friendship, but I had known you for a few months. I kind of friend zoned you. More than once. Three times to be exact. Three times to be exact. Three times. I mean. But I kept coming back, so. I married <laughs> you, so I won. <laughs> I won. My forever friend. Forever. Um. But yeah, long story short. Um. It was one Sunday at church. Well, it was no. I'll start from this. It was one Saturday. We, she was texting me, and she's like, "I got something to tell you." And you know, I she was looking for a job at that point, so I I was like excited, genuinely excited. I'm like, "Oh, you got a job?" And she's like, "I'll tell you tomorrow what it is." So I'm like not thinking anything of it. I'm thinking, "Oh, she got a job somewhere. That's exciting." Um, I go up to her as soon as I get there on Sunday. I'm like, "Hey, what were you? What you say you wanted to tell me?" She had the most nervous look on her face. And um, the only thing she says was, Hey, is that offer that you told me for going out to coffee still up for grabs? 
and I I don't know what my face looked like at that point. <laughs> I was probably hiding in joy no, and nervousness looked, at the same time. He looked like he went to the bathroom in his pants. <laughs> and he was trying to be cool and like calm and like, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm holding it all together. But you could see in his eyes that he was just like... There was like 40 people running around inside of his brain, like trying to find the right words or like the correct answer to respond. I don't even accurate. Re- yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even I don't even it's it's sad that I can't remember like exactly just, what I said, though. You just looked very like calm, but like your eyes looked like frantic. <laughs> I think I said something about like, yeah, sure. Something like that, right? Like, it, I had to have been something, well, like, super just, nervous. it like, calm and cool and collected. And then I was like, well, instead of coffee, take me to McDonald's. Yeah, we had just broken, like, the, the, the church corporate fast, right? That was how, that was how we were going to break the fast mm-hmm. with McDonald's. So, I mean, cheap first date. But it wasn't that I'm cheap. It was just I'm I was cheap. giving the girl what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap. But, yeah. Wait, wait. No, what? cheap is the wrong word. I am... Inexpensive. No, I am economical. Economically friendly. Friendly. Is that the word? No. Economical. Meh. Right. But, yeah, and then from then on, it just went to uh, getting to know each other a little bit more. Going out on dates, ups and downs, just like every other relationship. And ultimately, leading us to being, being married. Yeah. She's the she's the girl that I wanted to live with forever and couldn't live without. Mm-hmm. But uh, backtracking a little bit. Um, what do you think? What do you think in our in our dating days was the most one of the most one of or multiple things that were like core things that were important into the health of our relationship in your eyes um i think boundaries and balance kind of go in the same category um you have to know when is too much and when is not enough whether it's time spent uh, together, how much time you talk on the phone, how much you're around their family, how much you're not around their family, um, knowing when you need to be alone and knowing when you need to hash things out and, um, and also knowing when You can't, if you're not fulfilled in your self as far as like, that can mean a lot of things. Like who you are, confident in like just who you are. Um, For us, obviously, you guys know like we're Christians and so your relationship with God, knowing that like, For us in our marriage, the end goal was, you know, the D word, 
which is divorce, uh, wasn't an option because we were choosing commitment. Um, but then also knowing like the spiritual side of things, there will always be a void in yourself that your spouse will never be able to fill because that's not their place. Um, it's God's place. So just knowing how to have balance or at least knowing how to try to find balance, um, in your relationship with one another, but then also keeping God the priority, um, because if you're willing to follow God and you're both going the same direction, it's probably good company and it's probably the people you need to be around. But if you're following God and you seem to be drifting farther away from the person that you think you're supposed to be with, maybe there's some time that you have to step back and reevaluate what's going on in your life and where you need to be versus where you are. Do you ever think like we got to a point where we either like lost or like got too close to a boundary in like the sense like we were we almost broke a boundary or like the line was blurred or or do you think that for the most part we had a a fairly like clear set of boundaries between each other and a clear balance? I mean boundaries were always clearer, but like I think the closer you get to the end goal, which for us it was like marriage was the end goal, if that was what the Lord had for us. The closer we got to that, the harder it was to stick to um, the boundaries and the goals that we had set. And so to be honest, nobody likes doing long distance relationships, but I think that was kind of our saving grace in our relationship was like, distance makes the heart grow fonder (laughs) (laughs) to say it in a a lovey term um but then also um distance creates self-control and new perspective um and then you're able to like evaluate like is this what I want forever and you can do that like in a safe zone um, where like you're not going to hurt your significant other's feelings um, but then you aren't constantly entertaining them while trying to make this decision for your life yeah. on, a, on kind of a similar note um, like I noticed like a lot of people feel like when they enter a relationship whether it's like um as a like a dating relationship like a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever um i I feel like some people find it difficult that it's like just just because just because you doubt that that's the person that you want to marry doesn't mean like at that point that it's it's not going to happen Mm -hmm. um like sometimes we're human and we feel fear or you know, we have those moments where, like, um, is this really is like is this really what I want to end up in? Mm-hmm. Did Did you ever have one of those moments where you were like, it's like, um, am I am I really even supposed to be with with Julio? Absolutely. Um, 
it's part of relationships it's part of like I think breaking the rosy glasses of infatuation versus like and I say love but I guess I really mean like commitment so you can fall in love with somebody and out of love with somebody love is not like the main thing that keeps your relationship strong it's a really fun part of the relationship it's beautiful you have to have love for that other person because love is what um fuels the desire to do things for someone else um that you wouldn't normally do because you care so deeply for them um it kind of snaps you out of some weird funks um but no keep going keep going um, but I think commitment is probably one of the greatest things I can say for our relationship. Now, granted, everything I say does not relate to every relationship. Every person's different. Um, but I do think that there are fundamental truths that help you build a strong relationship. And then there's other areas where you can be creative and do what you and your relationship does best you know um so but for us our our biggest um goal in marriage is the commitment so consciously making the choice and then consciously making the choice every day to follow through with that decision not just because we did it in front of god and like family like writing this covenant but to be that person for the rest of our lives that we know we can trust that we can work through anything as long as we're willing to have the conversation and put in the effort Um, but if you don't have commitment um, you really don't have a relationship because you can talk to many people at once and never be in a serious meaningful relationship You know, I feel like it's like when when you paint this picture where like you won't have doubt or you won't have yeah, just just doubt of of a like a person. It's like it paints this unrealistic unicorns and rainbows type of reality mm-hmm. in which as soon as you hit a rough spot, you you don't really know how to handle it. And I feel like that's where the most explosive arguments come from in relationships where you feel like they're not going to happen. Because like, I feel like a lot of people is like, we're not going to be that couple that argues. It's like, oh, we never argue. Or like, oh, we, we, we always agree on everything. It's like, but the reality is like, even even though in, in the biblical sense, if once people get married, it's like to become one, you're still two minds. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you still can have two different ideas of things so it's like i feel like it's like like i guess my follow-up question too will be is like it's like even post-marriage are there moments where like it's like did we do the right thing i think everybody feels that way and all you can go off of sometimes in life is looking at the decisions you've made and seeing where you're at Um, I believe that the Lord blesses you and your relationships, your family, your friends, when 
you're obeying him uh, because that's, you know, what the the Bible teaches and not just like, oh, the only time I'm doing the right thing is when I get blessings because that's not true either. Sometimes the biggest blessings in our life is when we hear no or when we um, don't get what we think we're supposed to get because the reality is what we think we're supposed to get is what we see as best in our eyes and not what is actually best for us. Um, it's just like the kid who only wants to eat cookies for dinner. In the long run, it they can't just eat cookies for dinner. They have to have their vegetables. They have to have their meat. And so in their mind, they think that the world is ending and that, you know, this must not have been the right choice because I'm not getting what I want. But getting what you want doesn't mean that you're getting what's best. Um, on- so... On another, like, kind of the same note, but not really. Um, since it got a little deep, I'm going to add a little bit of fun <laughs> from our relationship. Um, later on, when we were, like, about to get married, um, we had this discussion about food. <laughs> I was ready to break off <laughs> She was going to break off the, the wedding. Because made it sound like he was never going to let me eat potatoes or, like, like I'm I'm a Midwest girl. So we eat, we eat like mashed potatoes, meatloaf, tater tot casserole. Like we eat hearty meals and starch with every every single one. And carbs for days. He, that, that, that's he Midwest. He made it sound like he would never eat my cooking. He didn't want to eat that uh, crap. Was I, uh, one of his colorful words. Um, because he wanted us to be healthy, but then he also only wants to eat like veggie patties some days. So there's got to be some balance there. A little bit of blood if I have to, to the beyond. If company. I have to eat, no, I didn't say names. Uh, but if I have to eat a veggie patty, it better be on the most cheesiest, greasiest bun. You know, it's like balance. at that point, might as or well just get fries, a burger, or real burger. No, Ooh, but I guess I would rather I- the real burger. <laughs> it, it might it may seem like a stupid argument, but I for me it was a little scary because it's like we're two different cultures. We grew up completely different, and like to me it's like it it, it kind of clicked to me is like it's like if we can't even agree on food, <laughs> it's like how difficult is it going to me to to be when like real cultural issues like differences like of how we grew up pop up but- and like and and it hasn't been as hard as my imagination painted it to be. But, like, I guess, like, for me, that that moment with food was a little bit scary. But the reality is, is, even though food was culturally different, the things that still mattered to us, like, our core values as a family or what we wanted for our marriage and our future were very similar. Um, There's this really cool thing called a Symbus assessment and we had to take it when we first moved to Charlotte and um it shows you now most of the time I guess they do it for pre-marriage like counseling yeah it's like a premarital like um test assessment thing but I found it so helpful because it asks you all these different questions about yourself but then it asks you these questions about 
family structures and how your family was when you were growing up. But then it also asks you which role you feel like you're supposed to play and your spouse is supposed to play in a marriage. And you you can't talk to your spouse when you're taking this test, obviously. Um, but when you get to the end, it calculates all of your stuff and it gives you a spreadsheet and it basically tells you what your strength is as a marriage, what your weakness is. It tells you um, like the points of where you might have struggles and ways to help you get through those struggles. So whether it's a conversation point um, or even like reaching out like maybe you guys need to go to counseling or this or that like it gives you advice to create a healthy relationship and that was really cool when we took it because even though like we knew we wanted to marry each other I tell people all the time I was like you don't know what you're getting into until you're actually living with that person because you will always put your best foot forward when you're dating um before you're married because you want to be attractive to someone else you want to be the best version of you um like one of the things I didn't know is my husband turns everything into a song and at first it was really (laughs) cute now it's just annoying um and sometimes I have to leave the room because I love him so much that I'm not going to yell at him. I'm going to have self-control <laughs> for well, myself because it's a that. part of who he is. I don't just I don't just sing to her anymore. I, I came to the conclusion that she doesn't like it. So I just sing to my cat because all she's going to do is meow back at me in disgust. Right. But the whole point <laughs> of saying uh, the coolest thing that we found out with our Simbus assessment was like the strength of our marriage is the fact that we value commitment so much. And because we both agree on that, that always is like in the middle of like an argument, in the middle of a struggle or like a crisis, um, we can go back to that central thing and go, okay, well, we're committed to each other. We're committed to our marriage. We're committed to God. We're committed to whatever he has in store for us. And so it gives us perspective on what we're going through. Is this something that is really negative? It feels negative, but it doesn't mean it's going to be negative. What if this is a launching point? Or what if there's imbalance? What if everything for like the last month has been about me, 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 and not about my husband? And so then that's a point of um, stress and then it causes a fracture in the relationship and then we have to come back into alignment and balance and go okay it's not just about briley it's not just about julio it's about us working together and sometimes it is sometimes briley works more than julio does and sometimes julio works more than briley does but how do we balance and find this piece of like okay this can be a season we can get through this um How, how do you feel like if if we have or if, if we haven't like how do you feel if we about our balance between like fulfilling let's say in my case me fulfilling your needs while still balancing and getting my needs met that could be like emotional needs or like 
time needs or whatever it may be um and vice versa like obviously you getting your needs met and i think we still are trying to find the balance in that um i don't think there's a good or bad place to be if you're working on it that shows that that you care and that you want to make an effort and make a difference um Really, communication, 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 communication. When people, before we got married, were like, it's all about communication, I promise. Like, if you communicate with each other, your marriage will be great. Um, And communication doesn't always mean, oh, this is what I'm doing today. Okay, I love you. Sometimes communication is yelling at each other uh, and really telling each other how you feel. Uh, Not everybody's a yeller, so... I don't expect everybody to yell and not everybody's happy. I don't expect everybody to be happy. Some people never fight and that's awesome. Like kudos for you um, because we fight. um, We have conversations. um. Speaking of fight. Well, just a reminder to all of you, we've only been married for a year and a half ish. So yeah, we're, we're, not, not, <laughs> we're not experts at all whatsoever in the field of relationships. We're just, we're just like, sharing I, our experience. And if it has any weight, then take it or leave it. Like m- people always say, chew the meat, spit out the bones. So if there's nothing here for you, it's okay. Uh, all of the people that have only been married for like six months, maybe they're going through the same thing and they can relate. And that's awesome. Well, before I guess before I, I get to the what I was going to talk about next, uh, um, I have one follow up question to when you mentioned the Simbus assessment. Is like what what do you th- what did we have? Do you feel like we had like resources or people that were pivotal to our relationship, whether it's something that we did during dating or or now? Yeah, I loved um, the day that. Um, Pastor Tony had given you the um, love and respect book. That is a huge, oh my gosh, if anybody, like, I've read a lot of marriage books and marriage devotionals and all this stuff, and I have never, um, I have never read such a good book about marriage. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, Not that working at a Christian bookstore gives me any kind of um, freedom to tell you what to read, but, uh, you should definitely read that. Even if you're in a marriage now that's struggling, I find that I can always go back and learn something new from it because sometimes only, um, only the things that you're struggling with stick out when you're reading a book, and so you can miss a lot of other good things, but if you go back and reread it, you'll find, another season that you're in in that book um so that was one of my favorites um and I think too just having supportive friends um obviously we mentioned Ray earlier um but Ray kind of kept my husband grounded through the whole like dating and relationship stuff because it wasn't just about Briley it wasn't like his whole life revolved around me Um, he still had friends he still went out and did things without me which is great because I still do things without him because I'm still me and I still have things that I like to do that he doesn't like to do she can only have so much of my singing 
not just that, but like I'm outdoorsy, but I, I couldn't live outside and he can. So and then we had the support of our parents. Um, obviously, I think there was still like concern in their minds of like, would this cultural mixture work well? Um, but at the same time, um, our parents knew our character and our parents knew who they raised us to be. And so they trusted in us knowing that we wouldn't pick a scrub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so because our parents trusted us, it w- I think it was easier for them to even integrate each other into the families, you know? But yeah, I really like the first couple of months that we were dating. I read every kind of book on relationships and marriage because my thought was I don't just like mess around with people and play with their hearts unless like I want this as the end result. And I had to make that decision. Do I really want to be married in the end? Do I really want to stick with one person in the end? Um, or am I just doing this because it's what's cool? It's the next step. It's and I feel like it's knowing your intentions from the beginning. It's like you don't you don't go in dating without the end goal being marriage, at, at least from our biblical and Christian perspective. It's like it's like that that's kind of a waste of time. It's like if you don't want the end goal to be end goal to be a, a like a marriage, it's like then just have friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like don't don't go around. Um, wasting people's emotional like energy well I wouldn't even say wasting because that sounds pretty negative but like you don't want to use up somebody else's time energy resources if in the back of their mind they want something to last forever and you only want it to last for a season um it's okay to say no. It's okay to have wisdom to say, you know what? Maybe I need to pull the reins back on this and um, adjust how much time I'm spending with this person because I don't feel this way or I don't see us going in this direction. And you, it's okay to say that. And it's okay to be hurt when somebody says that to you. And it's okay to be frustrated. But obviously, no, the end result is going to be much better for you um and that other person then continuing to like pursue something that will never work yeah so my my wife and i have this thing that 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 i started to call blanket arguments the Um, blue blanket oh the blue the blue blanket argument and uh there's a story behind it just to keep the story like the story short i'll tell my version and then i'll i'll let my wife tell the her her side of the story but I'll, I'll we'll keep them both quick um it was an evening it was late na- it was late my wife had fallen asleep in the living room and i was watching tv and i had told her hey babe let- let's go to bed and we have this blue fuzzy blanket and uh from my perspective i brought it into the bedroom with me and i put it on the bed and my wife as she composed like her like stuff and brought it into the bedroom she came in and she's like why'd you steal my blanket and i'm like what are you talking about i i brought it with me and she's like um i don't even remember what what you said is like no it's like it's 
is like it. I had it. I put it in there before. Um, oh no, I didn't bring it with me. I said it was already in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's that's what I thought was happening. It's been a while since this argument. It's been like a year, and yeah, I walk in here. The blankets on the on the bed, and my wife's like, um, "Why'd you steal my blanket?" And I'm like, "It was already in here." Like, it was here before you came up here. And she's like, no, I just put it in there. And this whole argument happened where she threatened to sleep on the couch. I, I threatened to sleep on the couch. We were just so angry at each other for no real reason. Where I came to the point and I just looked at her and I said, are we really arguing <laughs> over a stupid blanket? So any pointless argument from this point on, I just call the blue blanket argument um but i don't know if you kind of quickly want i mean i kind of said your side of the story but yes but not really so what really happened (laughs) i fell asleep with the blue fuzzy blanket underneath our mexican wool blanket so you couldn't see the blue blanket you could only see the mexican wool blanket and when he woke me up to go into the bedroom I walked in there first, set the blanket on the bed, then went to the bathroom. He didn't realize that I had taken the blanket with me, put it on the bed, because he was, like, closing blinds and putting away dinner and all this stuff. So when he walked in, yes, technically it was on the bed, but it was on the bed because I brought it in there to go to bed with. Um, and the last thing you want to do, men, this is, this is advice for you. Don't ever look at your wife and say, this is so stupid. Why are we arguing over this? Because <laughs> what that in translation to women says. It's true. It's one of those moments where I, I learned <laughs> you're like, a stupid. bit of women language. Yeah. Why are you f- arguing with me about this blanket? She took it personal. Like and I was I was directing it towards the argument and she took it as me directing it towards her. Yeah. Um. So that. It went from, like, being angry about the blanket to being angry that he thought that I was being stupid. And that was my... I was confused, though. (laughs) That was my fault for, obviously, twisting and adding extra things in to the conversation that weren't there. But this also brings me back to marriage facts, survival guide, like, 101, is... If there's something wrong with your wife, there's usually three things you can do to resolve the problem. One, you can feed her. (laughs) Two, you can let her watch something she likes on Netflix, give her a little me time. Or three, put her to bed early. It's either food, personal time, or sleep. Most of the time, I need a good combination of both. As soon as I start to get kind of weepy, my husband is like... Let's go to Quick Trip. I'll get you a Dr. Pepper. And then he turns on my favorite show on Netflix and I fall asleep 20 minutes later. And when I wake up in the morning, it's like nothing ever happened. I mean, you remember it all and you still feel the burn from it, but I feel better. (laughs) And, you know, like we we still have the we still have the arguments over minimal things. I feel like we have them less often, but we still we still have them. And it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier with the whole communication is like, if you don't express what you're feeling, then you totally misunderstand 
the intentions or the motives behind why someone said something or or did something and it turns a small argument into this huge explosive argument for no for well, no true reason but even explosive arguments aren't bad if it creates an open line of communication oh, no, of so the reality is is you just have to talk regardless of how you feel like you have to talk if it's whispering to each other if it's yelling at each other you have to be willing to vocalize what you're feeling listen to what the other person is feeling and then say okay what can we do from here out that either keeps the issue from re surfacing or you rehashing it um that way you can grow um or you can argue about the same thing over and over again that's fine too but that's just a waste of your life like why argue about cereal every other week you know when you can just say okay you get your box of cereal and i get mine <laughs> yeah which is what we do <laughs> yep. we each get our own cereal our own and milk. our own milk because yeah. i like the vanilla milk she likes and you vanilla like oat milk and i love original. regular oat milk um, not goat milk, <coughs> oat milk. Goat. But anyway, um, one final thing, and then uh, we'll end the podcast. Um, what are what is one, uh, what is, what at least one? What is at least one thing that you have learned through our one and a half year ish um, of marriage? What do you mean? Relating to you? Relating to me? Relating, relating to, to relationships? just relationships as a, as a whole. Um, one of my favorite things that I experienced was going through the small group, Mrs. Better Half, um... And obviously, like, it's a group of women that sit down and talk about life and they talk about how to be better wives and, you know, how to raise their family and all this stuff. Um, And Holly Furtick wrote the curriculum and did her teaching on it. And there was one session where she was talking about being Jesus in the relationship. Um. And realizing that, oh, just, our cat decided to join the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, she she got a little uh, shy. Um, she ran away. But so she was talking about in a marriage, sometimes you have to be Jesus. Um, and what she meant by that was like sometimes you have to sacrifice the things you want for the better of everyone involved. Um, and so sometimes it is like. Um, if most of you guys don't know this, now you will. Or if you already know it, well, then you know us better than half of the people on the earth. Um, but my husband works full time on top of full time. So he has a full time job, like a nine to five at a grocery store and is a butcher and knows everything about meat. So if you need a good steak, if you need to know a good recipe for carne asada or chicken, like he's the one to go to. But then on top of that, he also is self-employed. So he has a business that he runs on the side of working for other businesses. And 
sometimes he has days where he can't do the same things that we've always done. It's really easy to get in a routine of like, oh, we go out on Friday nights, and oh, we do this on Saturdays, and oh, we do this on Sundays, because that's what happens when you get married. You get in a routine, you like your routines, it's comfortable, you know what to expect. Um, And there's times when he has to work and say it's like a closing shift, so he won't get home till like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And then he'll stay up for an hour to see me because maybe I don't work in the morning, but he has to go back to work in the morning. And then once I fall asleep, little do I know, he gets on his computer and starts running his other business. And he can be working on that until 2, 3, 4 in the morning, depending on whatever's going on. Um, And so there are times when he's working so hard that the dishes start piling up because I don't want to do the dishes he always does the dishes that was the deal like we got married um and like I do the things like clean out the litter box make sure the plants don't die um I do some mechanic work like we had this all set out and my husband does the cleaning because he's OCD um but there are times when you have to sacrifice the plans that you made, the things that you want to be Jesus for the other person. And so my husband's working really hard, and because he's OCD, he gets really stressed out when the house is messy. But he's the one that cleans the house. So what do you do when the person that cleans the house is too busy to clean the house? Well, sometimes you have to give up doing the thing that you want to do, which may be going to coffee and reading a book at the coffee shop or crocheting or whatever it looks like for you. Sometimes you have to put that thing aside to do the thing that actually helps your marriage out and actually like sacrifice for that person because you love them and maybe not sacrifice but like make a conscious decision to do something for the person that you care for so that way it makes their life easier and you don't always have to do that because sometimes it's the other way around sometimes I'm working more than my husband like there was one week that I worked 50 hours in one week and it was back to back 10 hour shifts for five days and my husband did all the cooking all the cleaning he did the laundry he filled my car up with gas because I was leaving so early in the morning like and that was his time of being Jesus to me and so just really realizing the concept of like life is not always fair marriage is not always fair Um, but if you love the person and you're committed to the person you do things for the person when you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good thing to have learned, I guess. <laughs> I, I preach it better than I practice it. I'm still working on that side. Yeah, th- I, think, I think we'll be working on our marriage till we die. But that's the cool thing about it. Not in a bad way. I'm not saying our wow. marriage is bad. <laughs> Because it sucks, hey. it's gonna. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying is like because we love each other. Because we love so each other, right. we're gonna <laughs> constantly be working hard. Yes. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Morning Group Podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously a lot longer than the first two episodes, but I'm hoping to start having enough, enough content to uh, keep these podcasts kind of interesting and longer than seven seven minutes um 
But yeah, episode three. And guess what? For this episode, I actually partnered with someone to be able to get you guys a, a good deal on something. Babe, do you know what I got them a, a, a good deal on? Coffee? Coffee. The whole premise <laughs> of this podcast. Of course. If you head over to drinktrade.com, um, it's a trade coffee company. Uh, you can get 50% off your first bag of coffee. They're a pretty awesome website. Uh, they have this little test where you can put in um, what type, like how you Flavor drink your coffee, um, what type of like brew you make, whether you use a pour over or a coffee machine or a Keurig or whatever, whatever it, it, it may be that you use. And it gives you um, like suggested coffees for you that you may possibly like. And they ship it to your house uh, 24 hours like within 24 hours of them roasting it. So you get the freshest coffee right at your door. I love their service. Um, so if you head over to drinktrade.com at checkout, use discount code Julio A. Suarez. That's J-U-L-I-O-A-S-U-A-R-E-Z for 50% off your first coffee bag. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening to this this episode of the Morning Brew Podcast see you all well not really see you all but um you'll hear me in the next episode love you guys